what we do here is go back, 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 back. Do we want another hooker in Las Vegas? Not sure, okay? But Hendon is not a bad option. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And we had ourselves a busy little week, if you ask me. We got big-time quarterback news. As everyone's aware, Derek Carr as well. We got the combine. A lot of things rocking. It's actually a very, very big quarterback-heavy news week, really, uh, all around when it comes to NFL, combine, that kind of stuff. A lot to get into, Andrew, as always. I don't want to call it a formality, but how are you, sir? How are you doing before we dive into all of this? Um, well, happy birthday to you, by the way. No, just, just every week. Every week is my birthday. Yeah, Kev, Kev probably texts you. He's like, happy birthday, man. No. Um, no, I'm good, man. It's ramping up again. We didn't really have a lull period just because of all the, the drama you know, between the Super Bowl and the Combine and Raiders and Derek Hart, whatever, right? Like, there's been a lot of things that we've been talking about, which has been cool, but I'm good. We, you know, had the combine this past weekend. Free agency starts um, on the 15th, I believe. Legal tampering period is on the 15th, which means some deals are going to be executed around the 13th and 14th, about a week out from that. But I'm good. It's, uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. I will tell you, this is not very relevant at all, but um, so my wife's birthday is on March 13th, right? Every year, it's like free agency is like right on her birthday. And like, and that's when it's like, you know, you, you work the whole year, you know, to be like a, a good husband, right? And just like, hey, got to give you, you know, the love, got to give you the attention. We have kids and things. When free agency is around, especially since I've gotten Twitter, I'm just like, you know, my attention span's not there. I think I told you this, but um, we're in Ireland. It was a, a trip that she, which is like, kind of like, like very well played by her. She bought me a trip to Ireland on my birthday to go over to Ireland on her birthday, you know? So I was like, whose birthday are we really celebrating here? <laughs> but that was when we um, were linked to like Le'Veon Bell and get him, he went to the Jets. Um, and then Antonio Brown signed um, with the Raider trader. We traded for him. So anyways, it was one of those things where it was like a vacation and I was just still glued to my phone, which is a bad habit, I will admit. But this is the time where it's ramping up. My attention is going to be in a lot of places, especially my wife's birthday. I want to put that out there, but also free agency that is coming up. So all that to say that I'm well, my friend. We got a lot of things to touch on. First news that we should probably address. The the breakup is official. Derek Carr has signed with the New Orleans Saints. Four years, one fifty total, hundred fifty million dollars, hundred guaranteed. And to my understanding, Mike, you are not far off um, as far as your prediction goes prior to this. So before we get into the fit and everything, what are your thoughts on just DC making his move to New Orleans and, and the contract itself? Yeah, I think I like you said about three weeks or so. Did an article um, about like market for him, like projected contract and everything. I said four years, one fifty. I said one twenty guaranteed with ninety million fully guaranteed, which I You're think so wrong, so wrong Dan. <laughs> Which I think he got like there was something along the lines where like seventy million was guaranteed, like 
either right off the bat, or maybe there's like 20 million signing bonus, 70 million. For yeah, it was front loaded. Something. Yeah, it was like 90 million was guaranteed like very quickly. I'm like, come on, that was it. But a little high, obviously, on the guaranteed money. Anyways, pretty close to it. But I think that that that's just like right where Harris Market was at. I think that breaks down to that's like 37 and a half a year, 37.5 per year. This was where we were at when we were talking about how he wasn't going to get what his Raider contract was, but his Raider contract didn't have any more guaranteed money. So, you know, obviously there would have had to have been some type of negotiations on a restructuring of a contract, but it's just funny because he goes in, he has this interview, uh, you know, this meeting with the saints um, and it comes out that he's not going to accept any trade because the saints want him to take less money. And then he goes out here and signs a team-friendly deal um, in regards to the Saints cap situation and signs for less money. So big-time spite vibes, which is perfectly fine. He does not owe the Raiders anything, even though they made him rich off of nine years of mediocre football play. That set aside, you know, I think that it's pretty on par for what a lot of people thought he was going to warrant, you know, something close to where he was, but it, it just didn't feel like anybody was going to give him what he had with that Raiders contract or even more than that. So all in all, I think it was, you know, the best fit as we've talked about before, best fit for him was with the saints. I see a lot of things floating around about how Derek Carr and the saints offense is now the most dangerous offense in the NFL or one of the best offenses in the NFL, which was kind of odd, but there was this, uh, this, thing out there from i'm gonna go find it real quick uh josh dubow of all people naturally right naturally he's gonna throw something out there he said out of passing pass blocking receiving running and run blocking the only category where the saints graded higher than the raiders per pff was in passing (laughs) so the only spot that they were better than us they just took our guy right yeah there's that Yeah, so all of this to say, I think that many people expected this to happen. Um, It was probably his best overall option that they had going on. There was a lot of things that kind of circulated that more teams were getting in the mix or more teams were interested, but it just kind of always felt like the Saints were where it was going to be with the whole Dennis Allen situation. But, you know, good for him. He went out, he downgraded a little, but not much when it came to – came to the money and he got his bag. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this transpires from here on how well he does and all that kind of stuff, but all the more power to him, wish him the best. And we'll see, we'll see how this debate pans out and in regards to uh, was it us or was it car? I don't think that'll ever stop as far as like, was it us? Was it car? Like I, I think regardless, like he did visit the saints and then, over um, the the combine this past weekend, he did visit the with the Colts, the Panthers, and I believe. Well, the Jets. He had already visited the Jets as well. But um, you know, he had some suitors there, and I think he did end up taking the best deal for him, just because it's the NFC South that features Kyle Trask um, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, um, Sam Darnold for the Panthers, and then the other team in that division would be. Falcons, the Falcons. Falcons. There we go. Yeah, Ritter, 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 Yeah, yeah. So it's like he he goes to the you know the the probably the worst division right now with quarterbacks. And so, and and what you said about as far as like the 
you know, Derek Hart goes to the Saints and it's like, is it the best offense? They do that for everyone that's like ever acquired. So it's like, oh, now they got this new receiver. And what's funny about that is they didn't even include Michael Thomas on like the list. It was like Chris Olave and then Dante Stallworth probably, you know, because he played 20 years ago. It's like there was, <laughs> there was no inclusion of Michael Thomas because he's going to be cut probably. Um, so anyways, it, ma- it makes sense. We talked about it um, a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks back as far as like the best like team that he should go to. He gets out of the AFC West, he goes to the NFC South, and it's, it's a division that Tom Brady has retired to our understanding. And it's a division that he can definitely go in and make the team better. They have a great defense. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, a lot of great weapons there. So it makes sense for DC. I, I think you take a team friendly deal, but like the way that he did it and the way that they did it, like he did it to where he still also got a um, no trade clause. So he's going to be able to control his own destiny with the Saints as he did with the Raiders, but um, very front loaded as far as money is concerned, guaranteed money. So you know, after two years, they might be able to kick the tires and say, hey, is this what we want to do? And then he'll be able to do the same thing and be like, I want to go to the Jets or the Texans just to relive my brother's career. You know, who knows, right? But yeah, DC's on on, on the move to New Orleans. Um, and so I wish him the best. Um, I'm glad this is over. Like I, I knew he was never going to come back to the Raiders, but yeah, good luck for you, my man. Um, some other quarterback news. Um, Daniel Jones actually was signed um, today right before the franchise tag deadline was. And what's interesting is they had both him and Saquon Barkley that were kind of approaching that. It's like, who are they going to give the tag to? Um, Daniel Jones, he's fine. Um, he threw for 15 touchdowns last year, um, but he got four years, $160 million, also very similar to car, um, Carr's contract where he got a lot of front-loaded money there. And then they ended up franchise tagging Saquon Barkley. So that happened. Um, Lamar Jackson got the non-exclusive franchise tag which micah educated us on this two weeks ago so where he is able to go out to the open market negotiate um, with other teams if they if he does get an offer he likes um, the uh, ravens are able to match and if they do not match um, then that team will then have to give up two first round picks a lot of stuff Um, (laughs) so within like three hours it said like the raiders are not interested and then like 30 minutes ago. It's like the Raiders have not ruled out Lamar Jackson being a possibility. So I don't know what you guys want to take with that, but um, Lamar Jackson is on the open market, kind of. Um, The Ravens can match whatever deal that a team does propose that he does accept. And if they don't match it, two first-round picks, as Micah um, educated us on um, a couple weeks back. So there's that. And then Aaron Rodgers is out of his darkness. And it hasn't been really specified, but – I believe the Packers do not want him back and the Jets are open to it. So um, like the Jets brass has flown out to Green Bay as of today to go meet with Aaron Rodgers. He's interested in that. The Raiders are still in play, but not in play kind of like they keep mentioning the Raiders, but then all indications are it's like Jets or he retires. So um, there's just this QB carousel that Mike had mentioned at the top of this, but I don't know what's going to happen. Who's to say any, any thoughts on like, I mean, the Daniel Jones thing is like, whatever, but any thoughts on Lamar or Aaron Rodgers as far as what you've seen today? Well, I'll just, I'll just throw a couple quick notes on all of them. One um, it's hilarious. Daniel Jones got paid more than Derek Carr did. Um, Cause I think that was 40 million a year is what it breaks down to Two, sick brag by me. Right. But big time, not to brag, but I called it episode in regards to Carr's article and then Lamar Jackson getting that that tag that he got. I feel like if you ask anybody 
would you trade two first round picks for Lamar Jackson? I think that's not unreasonable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that if he was in a long-term contract or a contract that at least had a couple years on it, like the Ravens are getting more than two first round picks for Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, if they're just straight out trading him. That said, the contract is is the fact that you give up two of them on top of having to pay him whatever that contract is going to be. That's where I think the Raiders are kind of out on. I think that if the contract was enticing enough, they'd be like, fuck it, let's do it. But I think that's where the issue with, uh, you know, kind of going in on that, which it's wild that like within a, like, I think like you said, like one hour or two hour time frame, there was like four teams that were just out on him. Right. And it's like all four of those teams either don't have a quarterback answer or have a, a quarterback answer that is, wildly worse than Lamar Jackson, you know? <laughs> so, but, and then with Aaron Rodgers, this is just more like spiting Derek Carr, but like you can see the difference on how much a team wants somebody when Derek Carr flies out to New York to go meet with the Jets and then the Jets fly out to go meet with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they're going to go to him to go to go have this meeting. So I just a lot, like I said, a lot going on in the quarterback realm of things, combine that we'll get into as well. And then just with all this stuff going on, I will note too, a little bit of Raider news on top of it, a little overshadowed by the quarterback stuff going on, but uh, Josh Jacobs, franchise tag. So 10.1 million. I think this is great only because... I think the Raiders are going to try their best to work out a deal with him and get him extended within this realm of this year and whatnot. I don't think they're, I don't know. I don't think that they are doing this to just secretly dick him around and like get one more year out of him and then just be like, you know, whatever. I think they do want to work a deal with him. Obviously it's got to make sense, but I think this was always an option and probably the most likely option in regards to either just getting a deal done or tagging him, seeing where this goes because Josh Jacobs at $10.1 million Saquon Barkley uh, will also be at that $10.1 million as well. So that's what brought it up, uh, made me think about it. But anyways, there's a lot, a lot to ramble on at, uh, at, at once, but those are my, my takeaways from uh, little points throughout there. No, I'm glad you uh, brought up the Josh Jacobs because I think um, obviously it was something that we, you know, we had a short deadline to to make ends meet. Um, they ended up franchise tagging him, the exclusive franchise tag to where he cannot negotiate with anyone else. And then I believe we have till July 15th to where we can get to a long-term agreement um, to where it kind of like pulls off the franchise tag. He's been a part of the team. And I think, you know, that's going to be a lot to do with the cap space we have, the, the interest we have in, potentially this is all hypothetical Lamar, Aaron Rodgers, free agency, everything like that. Right. So um, it sounds like both parties are, are committed to making a deal work. Um, and that's a good thing for us. So, so that is kind of the update on the NFL. Um, we're going to get into some combine stuff. Um, but before we do, Micah, tell the people who this episode is brought to all of us and Josh Jacobs franchise tag. Bye. Of course, of course I will do that. As always, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops actions to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and play a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. If I were you guys, I would go out there, like I said last time, I think it was last time, let's bet on the Kings. You know, they've took a couple L's lately, right? But they've been some close L's. Uh, what you don't want to do, you don't want to go out and bet on the Grizzlies. Why? John Morant, not with the team right now. Throwing around guns on uh, Instagram uh, Live. He's uh, he's away from the team. At- and speaking on that, Mike, I'm going to cut you off, and I'm so okay. sorry, but because you mentioned both things that I didn't want to cut you off on, I have to cut you off. The Grizzlies just lost to the Lakers, which brings the Sacramento Kings up to a number two slot in the Western Conference. Just so you know, the Lakers took care of him. You don't like to root for the Lakers. John Moran's gone. He's got the guns, like you mentioned. Carry away. I'm glad you interrupted me on that because I was about to say maybe you should start betting on the Grizzlies because Stephen Adams had a, a player-only meeting saying they needed to step up. They needed to be more accountable. A lot of times you got a players-only meeting. That's kind of one of those things. It's like, all right, maybe you should bet on them right now because there's a lot of motivation. It's like when a new coach comes and like buries a football right in the ground because he's just he's burying the old way and he's coming in with the new. Go download the app now. And sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Well, let's get into some combine news. So obviously the draft is coming up. We are about a month and a half away from draft that a lot of teams basically 31 teams unless you won the super bowl are looking forward to how can you improve your team um the combine is a big part of that where um you know you get a lot of these mock drafts that that happen right after the super bowl a lot of player rankings but um this the, the combine does allow um you know you to be able to analyze each each player and be able to break down and see kind of like where each um individual is going to slot into so you know mike i know you had a few notes on that Give us a few a few players that you had on your mind and, and maybe, you know, a few few things of note that you want to bring up. Yeah, so there's just a couple of players that I wanted to talk about that I think really kind of helped improve their stock. Um, not necessarily to astronomically just like make it jump or like put them on the radar now, but like good players that really just kind of solidified where they're at. The first one being uh, Nolan Smith, Ed Rusher out of Georgia. Definitely considered one of the, you know, better guys out there on the edge rank, but I feel like probably slotted himself in as a solidified number two guy right behind Will Anderson within the within the edge group. And, and mind you, not every single person tested on, you know, everything. So it's like, all right, where would he have ranked if every single person did it? You know, if Will Anderson was up there doing those things, which he never did. Will Anderson didn't do any of the testing stuff. He did the on the field drills. I think within the DNs when, you know, the coaches are there and they're directing them, that kind of stuff. Um, but Nolan Smith had the top 40-yard dash, 4.39. He was top on the 10-yard split. He was top on the vertical. And then he was third when it came to the broad jump. So he just blew it out of the water. I think those were the the four that he did. He didn't do the three cone, I believe, the shuttle or the bench. So the four that he did, he ranked 
first in three of them, top three in all of them, obviously, with the broad jump being number third. But I think there was a lot of talk of like, all right, where is some of these like D-line guys going, these edge rushers, hybrid linebackers kind of guys going? And I think he really slotted himself in there as, you know, right behind Will Anderson. I, I don't think he's going to overtake Will Anderson at that number one spot. But nonetheless, I think he's definitely, I guess, improved his his draft stock a little bit, but more solidified himself, you know, at the the top of that list uh, with some of the, the better guys. I'll just jump in um, just on that because it was a very polarizing workout. And he was someone that is, you know, like you said, right, the the, the guys that you're, you're explaining are – or basically, you know, they're top 50 guys, right? But like really kind of just like put themselves in a different league than some others. So he is categorized as like a D end, 6'3", 235, 240, right? And that's like a D end. And so you're, you're kind of wondering like, how, like, where is this guy? Is he going to be an off the ball linebacker? You know, whatever. But the tape shows everything as far as like how he can stop the run, how he can like get the faster. I think there's some like pass rushing skills and everything like that that he's been able to work on. But like, just the athlete that he is like, and especially like you mentioned, like was displayed on there and just completely separate him from those like tweener guys where he went from like a, could be back in the first round, early second round where it's like, he's going to go in the top 20 because there's no NFL team that's going to pass on him, which is why it's a huge benefit to actually work out at the combine. If, if you can, right. Like not if you can, but like if you, if you're able to show off something like that. So um, I think it's very good good call it by you and then he was someone that was probably like you know fourth or fifth the end like what are you playing like it you know depending on three four four three um really cemented himself as like someone that's going to be really at the top of the draft board as far as like top 15 top 20 kind of guy so anyway just my two cents on, on him yeah and what's funny is i think that like it's kind of it might be kind of weird to say i feel like the combine is like maybe one of the more overrated uh, like things that we come across in, in the NFL season only because it's like there's a lot of things that you can just like point at that's like this guy did this and then he was the worst NFL player ever you know what I mean like he balled out at the combine it feels like the combine is like you've got the guys that are top tier that they really don't have to do a whole lot of this testing you know maybe they'll do a few drills here and there just to say that they were there and do some stuff Will Anderson, I guess I'll put that. But there's a lot of guys that will boost their draft stock because of how well they do in the combine if they blow things out of the water. My next guy is um, Illinois running back, uh, Chase Brown. He had himself a day, right? He was top five in the 40. He ran a 4-4-40. He had a 40-inch vertical. He was number one in the vertical. Um, And then he also was top in the broad jump. 10 foot, seven inches. And then he also balled out with 25 reps on the bench. So he went out there. He had himself a day, not super up and up on the running back. So not, not really sure where he falls on that, but I know that that in itself probably put his name up some lists um, in regards to a lot of the top names you hear about when it comes with the running back class and all that. So um, that was just a couple guys that I wanted to touch on that I feel like really kind of, boosted their stock or at least you know kind of like solidified like okay maybe he is one of the top guys in this uh you know at his respected positions yeah and i I honestly like i I think it's great that you mentioned the two positions because like you have one positioning group as far as like the d line and the dn's concerned like where 
there's going to be a lot of guys that are within this like hypothetical range. Right. And then how do you like grade them based on their tape? And I think that's a lot of where the, the combine does benefits. You're able to see like, does what the tape, like does the tape match up to this actual type of player, you know, cause you, then you can remove scheme and you know, what they're responsible for and everything like that. But then you also have a group as far as the running backs are concerned, where it's on a very valued position, right. A very valued position in the draft. And so in that sense, like, you could be a top 10 running back, right? Like, like a, um, you know, Brown, what was his name? Shane, not Shane Brown, Chase Brown, Chase Brown, where it's like, you know, he's, he's in that group and makes you like, how do you separate yourself to be like either number four or number nine, right? Which could be either the the fourth round or undrafted, you know? And so it's like a group where you can show your skills and show everything. And I think that's really the true value of the combine to where they can, be like that's the difference between being draftable and undraftable and then for the d lineman like you mentioned with nolan smith you know someone that is like okay he could be early to second round pick and now he's not getting out of the top 20 so both of those guys really kind of boost their draft stock um and i think a lot of it comes from being able to work out in front of nfl teams um, be able to show your skills um and especially with you know chase brown coming from illinois like Sorry, everyone's focused on Devin Witherspoon, you know, like those those types of guys. It's like he comes in and being able to kind of show out. I think it's a, a good value. And it also like is able to boost his draft stock, which I think is very important, you know, obviously for a position that is is taken on like, hey, we'll we'll find someone in the later half. It's like who's gonna be the one that has that star next to him and be like, Hey, that guy showed out, we're gonna take him like maybe later and, and running backs are just gonna have to get used to that where it's like unless you're, you know, Bijan Robinson, like that guy's gonna go in the top forty. Like any, anything else, well, and then my guy, gosh, dang it, I keep saying on names. Uh, the dude from Alabama, did you hear? Gibbs. Gibbs, yes, that guy. You know, it's like those are the top two. Where does he find himself? So, um, anyways, I like those two that you picked. I think they're very interesting and um, definitely made made some money this weekend. I'll tell you that. Um, and one honorable mention, noteworthy news for the draft is, or the, with the combine, tight end Darnell Washington. Uh, out of Georgia, Mister Zero, the guy that you saw in all these uh, all these games that you're just like, he is so huge. That is the biggest person ever, and he's not even the best tight end on their team, <laughs> which was the funny thing about it. But six seven two sixty four, and he ran a four six forty. So four six four forty. Um, every, a lot of people are uh, comparing him to Gronk, right? Gronk in the combine six seven two sixty four four six eight forty so it's like just identical to him so no i mean i i think he he looked a lot on saturdays as like a third tackle um, when george would come out but i would i will i think he's gonna be great i think he can definitely go in the first round he's not gronk um gronk was a lot more smoother of a smoother he's a smooth pass catcher um but i do think he has a lot of upside so i do like that um that call it. he he's just a freak and i think i don't know if you saw it but like there was a, a video of because like tight ends have to do like the receiving stuff and the blocking stuff and so on the blocking stuff they have to hit the sled and it's like he just drove it like 15 yards like easy and then there's like and here comes kirk the johnsonheimer from wisconsin he's like it's like driving the sled like three and a half yards it was just fun just like the comparison between the two he's a freak yeah, fast kid of all time, you know, super bad. But so I will get into. I have a question, and we can make it quick before uh, yeah. you get. And it'll it'll transition into this this whole quarterback <sighs> quarterback situation we got going on. But I wanted to ask you, who did more 
to improve their stock when it comes to this draft? Was it Anthony Richardson running a 4-4-40 and jumping 40.5 inches on his vertical? Or Stenson Bennett running a 4-6-40 and throwing 59 miles per hour, which is the same as Mr. Rocket Arm Will Levis. Um, and also, I think Josh Allen and maybe Baker Mayfield were only the only other quarterbacks that were faster um, in their combine. So in comparison to where they were before they walked into this combine, it's hard not to argue that Stenson Bennett had more of a draft stock improvement than Anthony well, Richardson did. But I will throw that out to you. I will throw that out yeah. to you. So, um, I mean, to be honest, like I, I do think Stetson Bennett did improve his, his draft stock um, in that sense because not not about you know what you said. I think is fair. That's <laughs> also very hilarious. Um, he wasn't that fast when he was you know intoxicated in public. Um, but we can get to that later. Yeah, I, I think he actually had a really good workout. Um, he ran very fast. Um, not very fast. Like he was in like the the top five, top seven. You know, he ran like a four six four which is very good for a quarterback. And then also threw the ball very well in the, in the workout. So you tell he can, can throw the ball all over the field. His, he's limited with his arm. I just don't think there's any way to say that he, anyone improved their stock more than Anthony Richardson, which, which we talked about, you know, last weekend, which you did mention. And that's why you're the, the host of this podcast, the perfect transition as far as into my updated QB rankings. Mike gave me one time to update my QB rankings and it's Anthony Richardson at number one. I'm um, just kidding. But yeah, I think Richardson, it, I'll get into that. Okay, so I'll, here's what I'll say. I have an updated top five. Doesn't matter because I'm usually wrong. I'm still going to give it to you anyways. Starting at number five, I moved Hendon Hooker down. And that's nothing to do with him. It could be a target for the Raiders, you know, in the second or third round. Do we want another Hooker in Las Vegas? Not sure. Okay. But Hendon is not a bad option as far as, um, you know, where we go, but I moved him down to number five. And then I did move down Will Levis. Okay. Will Levis is number four. I still think we have someone who is raw fifth year player. You have the 2021 tape, you have the 2022 tape. You could go back and forth as far as like, whether he lacked options, he lost his offensive coordinator, whatever you want to call it. I think Will Levis still at the combine showed that he has a lot of mechanical issues um, that he's not able to overcome it. And, and you can't take all of this as as the gospel because he's throwing like off rhythm to different receivers that he does, isn't used to as far as their timing is concerned, everything like that. He still looked like the same Will Levis we saw on tape with the guys that he was used to timing with, right? So his mechanics were still off. He still kind of flew his shoulder open. Like his feet weren't always like set or not even set, but like at the right position when he's delivering the ball. And because what they do is like they'll run through like, okay, here's an out route. And then here's this like reverse out from the slot. And then here's this 10 yard out. Here's this post corner. Here's your go route where you can show off your arm strength. And he was just like, yeah, the reason I'm throwing is because I have a cannon, like all these different things throughout all that. He still showed the same inconsistencies where it's like, boom, on the money. Here's this like dig route, 25 yards, whack, just like, whoa, he's got a good arm. And then here's a seven yard out route and he throws it into the stands. Like he's not contributing to the fans. He just missed it by that much, right? So, like, I think the inconsistencies were there for Will Levis. I'm going to bump him down to my number four. Anthony Richardson is moving up. He's number three, okay? And it's everything you mentioned, right? Like, he ran a 4-4-6, whatever it was, in the, in the 40. He's 6-4, 2 
45, like everything he did, like he blew the roof off the combine. You texted me on that day. You're like, this dude's having a day. And I'm like, I know I'm adjusting my ranking, you know, like he was my number five, but like, this is where I, I, I do believe. Okay. The reason I do think the combine is valuable is because you have to be able to take the tape and be able to compare it to the combine. And you can't act as if one is better than the other. You have to take it all together and then come to a conclusion. Right. So with Richardson, you on tape, you saw a lot of inconsistencies. You saw a lot of good. You saw a lot of bad, right? The good that you saw on tape is great. And a lot of the evaluation side of it is like, it's not about what they can't do. It's what they can do, right? And so what he can do is at a very high level, right? As far as his arm talent, as far as his speed, as far as his size. You can't teach size. The speed is just natural to the most part, right? And especially at that size, it's it's, it's Cam Newton. He, he even said it's Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. And someone said there's Justin Fields in the middle, which I don't even understand what that means. But he basically has those rare physical tools that, like, you can't teach. He has the strongest arm in the draft by far. Not by far. He has the strongest arm in the draft, and I think it was very evident. It just pops out of his arms. There's the last note as, as I rewatched the combine and then the, the tape. I'm like, I just want to make sure that it had this right. All I put was viewer discretion advice right it's like take it for what for what it is like you're either going to be able to look at him and say like he has so much great that i will be able to refine the bad right which is mechanics decision making and everything like that but you and i actually had a conversation over the weekend where it was like i think he is someone who's you can say he's raw and will levis is raw it's a different kind of raw right because you have levis who is in a system a very NFL ready system, which he did impress in a lot of interviews as far as his football knowledge, but his mechanics are still bad. Right. And then like the, the way he processes things are still bad. The way he hangs in the pocket is still bad. And so you have Richardson who only started for a year and it's like, well, he's raw also, but they're not really the same. They're not mutually exclusive, exclusive because like he didn't have like any of that kind of coaching and also his traits are just better, you know? So that's, my, my way of saying I was wrong last week and I hope I'm right this week and not hope I'm right. I don't care about being right. I just hope that I can learn and, and be able to say like, I think he has a higher ceiling than Levis. And I think that's the truth. And even to the point where we're hearing that he might even be, you know, the number one overall pick. So that's not why I'm changing my rankings, but I think the, the combine did show that he's not so different to you and I, he's not so different than Levis He's not so different than a lot of these guys and really has the traits that have a higher ceiling than anyone in this class. So he moves up to number three. So, um, but we'll roll through it pretty standard. Number two is Bryce Young. That was a joke because I had Bryce Young at number one and I'm no longer there. Okay. Bryce Young, you're number two. Nice to meet you. Number two has nothing to do with the fact that he didn't throw at the combine. Okay. But the more I thought about it, durability has to be a question. It has to be a question. As far as he, he showed up five, ten and a half, five eleven, whatever, two oh four. He was eating pork rinds all up until the combine, because then he's gonna do that way and he didn't do any of the drills and he's gonna go into Alabama for his pro day. He's not gonna weigh because he's gonna be like, nah, dude, I already did that. And then in the beginning of the year, he's gonna be at like a buck eighty-five, buck eighty-eight. That's a very small quarterback, okay? And that takes the perfect system, sorry perfect system, perfect personnel, perfect coaching to be able to elevate his skill set. I still think he is the best pure playmaker in the draft. I think he has something special with the anticipation, 
with the, the way he's able to read defenses, be able to understand concepts. I think he's vastly, not vastly, I would say just above anyone in this class mentally. I still think a lot of that has to do with his, not has to do with, but like his size is going to be a factor. And that's the reason I moved him down. And CJ Stroud is my number one. And I'm standing on that because he's the dude. He put on a fucking show at the combine. He was amazing. And, and, I, and I think that like you can look at a lot of different things like, oh, well, here's the game that he struggled. You can read the stats. You can box score analysis, your analyzer, whatever you want to call it. But like this dude is has always been neck and neck with Bryce Young. I think the way that he threw the ball, the way that he showed up in interviews and I'm not knocking because Bryce Young did interview with teams. He did have his conference. He did all those things outside of throwing the ball. So I'm not moving Stroud because of the way he threw the ball. But the way Stroud threw the ball was probably one of the best showings I've ever seen at a combine. I haven't seen 30 years worth, but I've seen enough to be like this dude in everything, like in every rep, it was on the money, timing wise, everything like that. Talk about 6'3", 215, 220. This guy's going to fit in any system and he's 20 years old. Okay. Levis, 23. Richardson, 21, 22. Like Bryce Young, he's right around. And he's like one of the youngest quarterbacks there. He's not getting the credit he deserves. This guy is so polished. He's competitive. I don't know. I think his frame, his upside is all there. CJ Stroud's my number one. So there's the updated power rankings, power rankings, quarterback rankings for the NFL draft. Micah, feel free to just go in. I'm open. I'm done. But this is my finalized rankings. I'm not moving off of this. Stroud, Bryce Young, Richardson, Levis, Hooker. Oh, I will do a prediction as far as like where they go, what team, what round, because I thought that was fun because of how off I was last year. Because last year was kind of an anomaly. I was like, Malik Willis, you're going the first round. They're like, how about fourth round? You know. Um, anyways, go ahead. No, I, I I think that that is a good adjustment. I am surprised that um, you kind of bump CJ up like that, but I think that it's well warranted with how well he did, like you said, at the combine and then just Bryce Young not doing anything. And I think Bryce Young's biggest thing for the combine was like, let's go in, let's weigh in over 200 pounds. Let's get ourselves in that Kyler Murray, you know, Drew Brees type kind of range for where you measure in at. And like, then, like you said, the pro day, all hands on deck, we'll ball out then type of thing. But I'm proud of you from where you transferred over of being like, we should have Dan on the podcast so that I can convince you guys why CJ Stroud is not the answer and why Bryce Young is to now being here, not trying to call you out, but also I'm just proud of you. Proud of you. Thank you. And I appreciate that. I will tell you, I haven't watched more film on anyone than I have Stroud and Young like, just because that was always going to be the, the, the difference, right? And from my eyes, from what I'm seeing, one off on a Saturday, like, I'm like, this is the guy with Young, right? And, and I still think, like, the consensus is that he's a guy. But I haven't watched more film on just these two. I've watched Richardson and Levis when I just wanted to feel depressed, you know, about, like, mechanics and stuff, you know. But, like, these two guys, I haven't watched any more. And then it's not like I want to be a contrarian, be like, I want to go against anyone else. I, I truthfully feel like Bryce Young, like this is a rankings, right? This is what I think in my opinion is the rankings has no, like does not determine where they're going to go. 
And so the reason I say that is because like, I'll probably have Bryce Young ahead of CJ Stroud where he gets drafted. That's just what's going to happen, right? And I think Richardson might even jump Stroud, okay, in the draft. So all that to say is like, I, I, I want to be able to be like, this is how I see it and I'm good with being wrong. It has nothing to do with, you know, Mel, Mel Jimmy did help me just be like, what, are you sure, you know, like, because we talked about it. And so I was like, let me just look. And I'm not a QB whisperer, but I, I do love the position. And so I watched more of those guys than anything. And I was just like, I just, I'd take him over Young today. Even if, if the Raiders had the number one overall pick, I'd take Stroud. I would. So there's that. Well, I love it. I love where you're at. I love all of that. I will say more than anything, I loved all the uh, Austin Powers references you threw in there. So I don't want that to go unnoticed. So anything else? You got anything else before we uh, get out of here? I have a lot more. But oh, we're good. yeah. No, well, no, no, not really. But I'll um, save that for the next. Yeah. But I, I guess I would say, like, I, I think it would be good, especially leading up to the draft. You know, we're, we're going to touch on a lot more of, you know, it's been a lot of QB focus, a lot. I mean, QB focus with draft, with car, with we need a quarterback kind of thing like to go Rogers Lamar. Um, but, you know, we really want to start diving into some other positional needs with, with the Raiders corner um, defensive line. We have a lot of needs on the defense side. So um, offense tackle, let's not roll that out. Um, so want to get into those rankings, just be able to give you guys some stuff to say, okay, well, outside of this, the quarterbacks, where else are we going here? So, I um, mean, I think that will also allow us to be able to look through the first probably three or four rounds and say, what are some names that we should look into? I would say that people are waiting for, you know, Micah to have his his draft gems because he's been pretty spot on. I mean, I think I'm gonna leave. I'll take the corners. You gotta take the safeties, okay? Because you're usually I'll take good the safeties, there. Of course. Okay, take the safeties. Oh um, boy, Andre Cisco. I mean, you just. I'm not gonna say this in like a disrespectful way, but like he was someone that I knew of. I'm like, yeah, I've been know the name, and you're like, no, this is the guy. And he is like a baller, like, like, not to say you're ever wrong, but I'm saying like, that was just a call that no one was talking about. And so that's why you get the safeties. Anywho, but looking forward to get into more, um, you know, draft content, especially the positions that the Raiders do have a need for, where we can talk about some pertinent names to be on the lookout for, but that's all I got. I was going to say, I could talk about the quarterbacks for a lot longer, but I think I'm done. There's my rankings. I think Micah is more happy than anyone else to be done with that. Um, but we'll get into some some other positions and looking forward to getting those breakdowns coming out soon. The people, Red Nation, love you guys. Stand up, sit down, stand up back again when it's, you know, the negotiation period as far as March 15th coming out to you next Wednesday, I believe. But that's it. That's it on my end, my friend. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check out the Raider Take podcast on YouTube. Really trying to get that going a lot more. A lot of good content coming out on there. Also, check us out on Twitter. We got a uh, page on Facebook, too. Like, Just check us out on all the social media. All of our videos get dispersed out through all those. So follow us. Check everything out. We really appreciate it. Till next time. Till next week. Peace.